Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. I am extremely excited tonight as we have the Hard Rock Band Breathing Fury coming on momentarily. So the vocalist and guitarist Corey Britt is going to be joining us in a moment. I always like to do a brief introduction to my show if there's anyone new tuning in tonight. Created the show approximately, gosh, I can't believe it's over four years ago. Um, done about over 200 interviews now because I really wanted to create a forum that I could bring people on in the entertainment industry to help support them and uh, spread the word about them because I know how challenging it can be in the entertainment industry today, especially with musicians, comedians, and other entertainers. So on my show, you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like. I do a really thorough, comprehensive interview. I really want to take people on a journey so you'll learn things about my guests that you're not going to read or potentially hear elsewhere. A little bit about myself. My background is in clinical psychology. That's what my doctorate degree is in. And I just thoroughly enjoy interviewing people as part of my profession. And then the other part of my um, passion and um, background is entertainment. I'm also a singer-songwriter. I've done some writing for some magazines. So I really wanted to combine these two passions of mine and create this supportive forum for entertainers. So if you're tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. And you can dial in tonight if you want to ask any questions at 805-243-1320. Because I am a one-person show, I'm going to be really focused on the interview. Um, but I do have a chat room open, and maybe I can try to go in there when we take some breaks to uh, listen to a couple of their singles tonight. All right. Also, I just want to throw out there, although I mentioned I'm a clinical psychologist, my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. Um, we do sometimes talk about things in an educational forum, but um, we're not doing any type of form of library, even though I definitely have a great sense of humor, and we do like to joke around a lot on my show. So let's do a nice introduction for Breathing Theory, and then we're going to bring Corey on. So Breathing Theory is a hard rock band. They're based out of Central Florida. And these guys definitely have a really interesting story. They were founded back in 2008 under a different name as a three-piece, and eventually they transitioned into a five-piece and became Breathing Theory. Um, in 2011, they released their EP titled The Parasite, which did feature their hit single, Fireflies, and that was being played significantly on major stations, um, XM Satellite, Music Choice. You can hear that song everywhere. They have a really cool video for it, too, so definitely check it out. Um, they definitely went through some lineup changes over time, but uh, one thing I think Corey is going to really talk about tonight is just how the band has really persevered, and even when there's been moments where they had to regroup, so to speak, and find some new members, um, one thing he definitely did not do is give up. They've done four Eastern U.S. tours, and they recently released their second EP, uh, which is titled The Two-Part. It's uh, titled Uprise, and we're going to play a couple of tracks off of that tonight. The band has shared the stage with national acts such as 12 Boba Flex, Law, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, and 40 Blue Summer, to name a few. So for more information, check them out. Go to breathingtheory.com and definitely be sure to download and pick up a copy of their two-part EP titled Uprise that's out right now. All right, so let's bring Corey on the air. Hey, how hey, are you? Pretty good, just uh, getting home here and relaxing. Nice. Where are you coming from? Uh, actually, me and uh, Colin were uh, doing some guitar practice for um, some side stuff that me and him are working on. Um, oh, very cool. Basically, 
basically um, just going over some songs that me and him are going to be playing a, a, a lot live. Very cool. Nice, nice new stuff in the works. In a side project, like an acoustic project, or stuff that you're going to be doing with a different no, band? It's, um, it's uh, more or less um, just something to do in between tours when we're home, you know, something to kind of keep us busy and out, out in the out in the local scene and, you know, still, still playing out, you know what I mean? So we're not, so when we come home, we're not, we're not, there's, there's definitely dead times when we're at home and everybody's just kind of sitting at home jamming themselves. And it's an opportunity for us to get out and still be a, a part of our local scene and play, you know, play some music for all the people that follow us locally and all that kind of stuff. Even, you know, even when we're not out touring or not on the road. Cool. Great. That's awesome. So um, when you guys aren't on tour, and I know you've done, as I said in the introduction, you've done four tours, and we're going to get into a lot of backgrounds on the band, and especially I want to hear a little bit about how you got involved in music. Um, do you guys work at all? Do you have jobs, or do you focus really primarily just on writing and recording and um, that stuff? Actually, um, we actually just did, like, um, I want to say just a – just to uh, a little, a slight understanding. Um, I think I want to say nine or ten, but we actually just came home from our like our like ninth, our tenth tour um, in the last. Oh wow! Well, since well, it depends on honestly, it depends on what what you're looking from, what time, what time format you're looking from. Um, you know, beginning in 2012 when we became an official touring band, you know, we only had done about four tours. Um, and then we just started over again, um, with the, with the rebuild in 2014. So now we're actually up to about 10 tours, um, all the way from here to Texas, out to Wyoming. We've played, um, Denver, Colorado. Like we, we've pretty much covered from here to the Midwest. Um, haven't quite made it out to, you know, past, you know, past Wyoming yet, but we're going to get there. It's just a matter of yeah, time. Definitely. But, so, um, so to, to answer, answer your question, when you are home, any, any other stuff that you guys do outside of, again, writing and just, uh, performing and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, we basically, um, for the time being, um, being that touring isn't always as, you know, as, I guess as fashionable as what people think it is. We, we do come right. home and, you know, work, we work side jobs to, uh, you know, keep, keep some cash in our pockets, whether it be, you know, like what me and Colin are, are talking about doing now, as far as doing cover gigs and playing a little oh, bit cool. locally okay. on the side. Um, you know, some members will, you know, come back home and they, uh, they go back to a job or whatever, but, you know, it's people think people think right away that you know because we're touring, you know, we're we're rock stars, we're living the dream. I and know. It's, right. It's actually it's actually um it's actually a misunderstanding because it it's not it's not as you know as hyped up as you know you would think it would be. There is a lot of there is a lot of times out on the road where you're you know you're making just enough money to get from point A to point B. So coming back home and making in a little bit of pocket change just to hold you over in between tours and stuff is something, something that I recommend, you know, every band that's up and coming and trying to tour, you know, it's something that you have to do because 
if you're if you're staying stable, you know, like Breathing Theory is, has has maintained being a stable band. But if you're staying stable, you're 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 making enough money out on the road to keep the band afloat. But it's not mm-hmm. it's not one of those rock star lives where you're you know we're out there making so much money we don't have to come home and do anything. It's it right. it, it really it really honestly it really honestly depends on our schedule. That that's to be completely honest. If if we have if we have tours back back to back, then we probably won't come home, you know, but just relax and then go back out. But if we're gonna be home for a month or two at a time, everybody everybody's kind of realized it just helps out to to do a little side work and keep you know keep some money in your pocket. Yeah, well, I think that's I think that's definitely some good advice you've given people that are listening, especially people that are aspiring to be musicians or are in the process of trying to get to that next level of touring. And, you know, it's interesting you say that because I, I can't tell you how many bands I've interviewed from, you know, bands that are just starting out to some major bands like you guys, national bands that are touring, and just the stories you hear, it really kind of grounds you and, and helps you see, like you say, that it's not this kind of lucrative, glamorous lifestyle. And, you know, a lot of you guys have worked at this for a good decade before you even get to that point you know i think people think you just kind of start and you walk out the door and the bus is there and you're kind of on the road you know what i mean but that's not the case so i think you really put yeah. it you know into some you know simple terms so people can really understand that this is some hard work you guys are doing and you really have to persevere and and you know persist that in so to speak so yeah because to, to be quite honest, there are national bands like higher up, you know, than 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 a level that we've even touched on. There are mm-hmm. national bands out there that literally you would you would see them on a bill, you know, what I mean, You'd be like, wow, man, like I can't believe these guys are coming to town, right? And you'll you'll come to find out that even that big of a band to, to carry that much, you know, that that much clout as a name. Some of those guys are still going home to to you know some know. sort of job because the music business is not what it used to be. You you don't get signed right. to a record label and you know all of a sudden you're rolling in so much cash that everything's just taken care of, everything's just paid for. It is a it is a working you know uphill battle to to find that level of plane where you're finally at that place where you're making enough money to call it a living and stuff like that. So I just want, you know, I want listeners to to really understand that, you know, this being a rock star is, is kind of overrated because you're not, a lot of the bands that you would think are still having to do what mm-hmm. it takes to keep themselves afloat. Definitely. Definitely. Well, let's do this because we'll definitely talk more about, you know, where you guys are at now with uh Let's kind of backtrack a little bit. Tell me a little bit about, you know, did you grow up in Central Florida? And tell me, you know, as a kid, just growing up, were you someone who was into sports, video games, you know? Let's hear some interesting stuff about you. And then, of course, we'll transition into how you got into music. Well, um, my life is my life is actually, like, I swear one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a, a, you know, autobiography. But um, my life is actually kind of a twist of tales because I was born – in North Carolina, but okay. my my dad actually was in the Air Force, and he met my mom stationed in um, down here in Central Florida, and that is where okay. my mom grew. I live in the town that my mom grew up in and went to high school in, um, and as a kid, I I really didn't live here as a kid. You know, what I mean, like he met her, they got married, they he pretty much whisked her off to 
uh, northern Florida where my grandparents ended up moving from this area. Um, and then at some point, you know, they moved to North Carolina where, where I was conceived. And then um, I basically bounced back and forth my entire life, you know, as a, as a child, like down in, down in North Florida for a while, up near Tallahassee, and then back up to North Carolina for a while and, and so on and so on. And, and um, as far back as I can remember, like that, that has always been my history. I've never, you know, I've never been someone that can say I grew up in one town or right, right. my history, you know, okay. my history, my roots are from one place. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, yeah. So it sounds like, so, was that, cha- was that challenging for you moving around like that? I mean, going back and forth and how old were you when this was going on where you were kind of being shuffled back and forth? It, it started as an infant. My mom, my right. mom and dad, will, my mom and dad will tell you their uh, stories when I was three years old. You know, I mean, on a train, you know, riding a train back and forth. So I mean, right. even at, as a, even as a toddler, this is this has been my life. You know, ongoing since I was a child. You know, I mean, the the up and down travel, and I think. I think, you know, just a side tangent, I think the reason I am so in love with touring is because of right, that early, that. It, it, right. it's something, it's something within me that I love getting in our van and, and hooking that trailer up and, and being out on the open road and traveling to new cities and seeing all kinds of, like, we've seen so many places and been all over the countryside. And I think it all boils back to as a child, you know, that, that, that basically bounced back and forth is something, because I, I can't even, I cannot count the times that I've been up and down uh, Interstate right. 95. Like, I wow. literally have lost count of how many times I've been up and down 95. But, so, um, but, yeah, so, so, so basically, the, yeah, to cut it short, I basically ended up in North Carolina, um, after you know after um third grade and around that time um i had been back and forth to my mom's a lot as i said and i remember i remember at that age you know like seven eight years old i was already already if you go back and like look on my facebook page there are pictures of me in diapers still like strumming like a plastic guitar or singing into a a plastic (laughs) microphone so, and it's always been ingrained in my DNA. It's something that, it's something that I was always around. I, I don't know, I don't know why, but um, my, my father was a singer. My grandfather was a singer. My aunt and uncle, they're, you know, they're vocalists and stuff like that. One of my, okay. you know, a couple of my uncles played guitar, but um, all the way back to second grade, I can remember walking down the street in second grade when I lived in North Florida. I remember, remember to this day, walking down the street, you know, we lived in like a little trailer neighborhood, and I was strumming this, strumming this electric, little plastic electric guitar with my cowboy's boots on. One day I was, you know, dreaming about being a country singer one day, and you got to think, I was only, I was only like six or seven years old in second grade, you know what I mean? That, that, that's pretty far back, so yeah. um, progress progressively by the time I was in fourth grade I decided to move up to North Carolina to uh, spend some years with my dad and um, around that time I had, I had spend in, been spending summers with my mom and I had you know not only been playing you know the little plastic guitars but I started I started um, I moved up I guess moved up the ladder because 
one day in one day at my grandmother's house, um, in, again North Florida. Um, one day, one summer, in my grandmother's house, I was snooping through the closet, looking around, and I found this little this little white box with a small junior size acoustic guitar in it. And apparently it belonged to my grandpa or something like that, but I, I just began to play around with it and mess with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that initially started my, you know, me eventually beginning to learn to play guitar and, you know, write songs and all that kind of stuff. So moving on, um, wh- you know, when I turned when I, in, in fourth grade, moving up to North Carolina, I got to a point where I um, – I was interested in music, but just like any other kid, you get distracted. You know, you want to play video games. You want to, you want to go out and ride your skateboard, all that kind of stuff. Well, right. You know, I dabbled. I dabbled a little bit back and forth. Um, once one summer, I remember um, I came down back to Florida to visit my mom, and one of my buddies in town had a Harmony Black and White electric guitar, and I remember him telling me like, dude. 60 bucks, I'll give you this amp and the and the electric guitar. And I went outside and begged my mom to um <laughs> beg my mom to right. buy it. So um so she she runs she she tells me like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, here, here's the 60 bucks. Go get it if you want it." So I run back in so excited. He gives me this little harmony guitar and that was the beginning of the beginning of me finally learning to play electric and started, you know, using like power right. chords and trying to trying to so kind of get you, into um, rock and roll. Yeah, did you? So, it was um, interesting. You said huh? just to just to you know just to comment on a couple of things. It was interesting when you're really little. You said you were actually interested in country, and that's a it's a pretty far digression from where you are today. I mean, I love the music you guys are doing. It's it's great. I mean, you really write some, you know, it's heavy, but it's melodic, it's catchy, it's hooky, it's 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 awesome stuff. So, you know, were you inspired first to get into country, and then what led you to you know start getting into more of the kind of aggressive metal, hard rock music? Well, honestly, you know, as a child, you you as a child, you you pretty much your music taste is isn't really developed yet. So you um so you basically listen to um you listen to what your parents listen to. So obviously whatever your okay. parents are and you know, what whatever your parents are jamming, that becomes your jam, you know what I mean? So right. I remember, you know, like I said, back in like second grade, I, my mom was really, you know, in the country and listening to all that kind of stuff and my dad was super into like Michael Jackson and you know, a little bit of oldies and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of, even at a, even at a young child, you know, an age like that, I was still pretty diverse. I was listening to like, um, I was listening to like, uh, Duke of Earl and Elvis and stuff like that, singing oldies and, um, you know, obviously Garth Brooks and, you know, all that kind of stuff at, at a young age and George Strait and all that kind of stuff. And I think, progressively I didn't know yet what my tastes were yet I just kind of was going with I was kind of just going with what I knew you know what I mean um after I got that guitar um the harmony I began actually dabbling in you know you know the electric guitar sound and distortion and after I realized that my taste was more in a little bit more of a harder sound a little bit more you know rock and stuff I very quickly realized that, you know, being, you know, being, being a country singer was not, that was just something, you know, as a kid, I was just fantasizing about. And um, progressively, you know, I eventually moved on and got an Ibanez G10 red and white sparkly finished guitar. And that, you know, that was one of those guitars that I actually began writing 
um, my first my first songs on. I mean, the the harmony guitar I tried writing, but it was just right. it was stuff that right. it was stuff that that was just so crappy that I was like, you know, I got you know, I got to keep learning, I got to keep moving on. Okay, um, so let's but, just because there's so much stuff I want to get to with you, Corey. Let's um, you know, tell me a little bit about. So, like you said, you're kind of in elementary school. That's when you're getting your feet wet. You're really getting interested in guitar. Your your mom buys you the sixty dollar one, and then eventually you get your sparkly electric red one. So tell us a little bit about, you know, did you go to college after high school? Or, you know, tell us a little bit about what your plans were moving forward in terms of pursuing music, you know, on a serious level. Well, honestly, um, at that age, you know, at, at, you know, 15 years old, I had already, I had already, you know, sank so deep into guitar that that was, I literally, I remember I remember sitting in the guidance counselor's office in my high school. Okay. This is like ninth. This is like ninth grade, and my guidance counselor was like, "Corey, you need to decide what electives and what what major and minor you want to take because you you got to start preparing for a future." And I literally looked at my guidance counselor and was like, <laughs> "I want to play music," and I was like, "You tell." I was like, "You tell me." what what I'm supposed to do because I don't want to be a doctor, I don't want to be a fireman, I don't want to be a chef. I want to play music. Right. And she just looked at me and was like, "Well, that's that's all well and good, Corey, but you you need to you need to figure out something that's a little bit more, you know, a little bit more realistic." And I just remember telling her like, "I can't. I don't know. I don't know anything else that I would like to be." So, right, um Right. So, um I I literally just kind of um I kind of, I got to about, I got to about my junior year and I had been moving back and forth between my dad, like there, you know, at, at teenage years, I kind of got to a point where I was kind of getting over living with my dad. So I was like, I'm gonna go back to Florida. And then I moved around between a couple of schools and I just finally came home one day and told my mom, like, I was like, look, I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm like, I'm almost 17. Like I'm just over all this back and forth, different schools, trying to get the, my curriculum, you know, all lined up. Can I just go mm-hmm. ahead, take whatever courses I need to get my diploma and get done with it? So by this time, I was down in Key West, Florida, living on a yacht with my my old stepdad and my mom at the um, my old stepdad at the time and my mom. And um, okay. she was like, she was like, yeah, let me take you to the high school, and you know, you can you can you know just take take whatever course they offer to go ahead and expedite getting your diploma. So it took okay. me about three months. I did that. I got my diploma, and straight out the gate, I never, um, I never, I never really even thought twice about college. I was kind of just like, you know what? I'm so ready to be like my own adult, and you know, be out there on my own and playing music and have my own place and blah blah blah. I don't care. So I, I literally looked right past college and just kept, kept writing that's, music. That's, um, I think. Yeah, that's great. I, think I mean, a lot of people, you know, like you, just know that that's what you want to do, and that's what your heart is, you know, and your soul is into, and and you're going to do what you need to do to get that done. So I think, I think that's great. I just wanted to ask you because sometimes people, you know, everyone has their own story, and your story is definitely unique and you've got a lot of interesting things that have happened over your life to get to, you know, where you are today. So much. So um, much. Yeah. What's that? It's just, there's just so much. Like literally right, if I tried right, to, piece, definitely. I try, if I tried to piece this entire story together to get you up to speed with all the things that have happened with me to make, to make breathing theory come to, to today, you know what I mean? To where it has landed. Well, like, there's right. so many twists and turns. It's unbelievable. 
Well, yes, but I think, and I do appreciate you, Corey, sharing all the stories because those are the things I find interesting and I hope the audience does too. You know, as I said in the the outro of my um you know, interviews, I really want to bring out the best in my guests. And, and here's some really cool stuff that people won't find elsewhere. So, but I definitely want to fit two songs in tonight. So let's do this. Let's um, check out one of your songs. And then, of course, when we come back, we're going to start talking about how, you know, you were originally under a different name and then Breathing Theory came together and some of the challenges you went through with lineup changes and uh, we'll do all that good stuff, all right? But let's start out talking Alrighty. a little bit about um, The Reckoning, which is a, it's an amazing song. And, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about the meaning behind that, and then we're going to check that out, and then we'll come back. All right. Um, the Reckoning, um, we were – This is now keep in mind, this is, this is following into the new lineup. You know, it's a new, a new year, Correct. a new day. And um, I wanted to come out swinging with something that was a little bit more, um, I guess, punky, a little bit more edgy. And um, – as far as single goes, I just wanted something that was a little, little different, different in taste. Um, as far as the writing goes, it was, it was honestly something that I began writing and working on um, with the old lineup before, before you know, before the lineup changed. This is something I presented to my old bass player, and we began okay. actually doing demo, demo versions of it, and it's, it just progressed, and we ended up using it for the, you know, for the Uprise album. But it's just a song that kind of kind of puts into perspective like you know we, we've got to stand up for you know what we believe what we want in life um the reckoning as a whole is you know the lyrics tell you like you know wake up you can't you can't live your life going through the motions you can't live your life just to pay the bills just to you know monday through friday you know and then friday night comes and that's all you're living for there's got to be more to it you only get mm-hmm. one 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 go around so I would say the reckoning was kind of like that fist in the air. Like we're not going to settle for less. We're not going to become what the, what, what media and what, you know, what the government and socially, what is, what is being crammed down our throats. Like there's got to be a fight for more. So that was kind of the, the general cool. idea of reckoning. Cool. I like that. No, it kind of has that existential type of, like you said, like, you know, looking beyond just what people expect you to do and, and having this freedom, this choice to, make more of your life because like you said, you only get one, one time around. It's kind of a, yeah, it's hitting me in an interesting way as I'm thinking about what you're saying. So hopefully other people can, uh, you know, internalize it and maybe use it to their benefit in some way too. So let's do this. Oh yeah. If you wake up Monday, if you wake up Monday morning and you just got the case of the Mondays, the reckoning is one of those songs that kind of just gets you in that girl face. Nice. All right. Well, let's do that right now. It's not Monday, it's Tuesday, but we can still, uh, have an amazing time checking it out, okay? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Corey, hold on, and then I'll, we'll be back in a moment, okay? All right, everyone, you're listening to Corey Britt right now, who is the lead singer from Breathing Theory. We're going to check out their single, The Reckoning. It is off of their EP, which is uh, two parts. This one's off of part one. And, uh, again, be sure to check it out. Their albums, well, actually, album together, cohesive, but the two EPs are just they're really phenomenal. I mean, they really have some solid songs on it, some catchy stuff. I really think that you'll get into it very emotionally uh, tuned to with their music. So check out The Reckoning, and we'll be back in a moment. Wake up! 
right, everyone. Welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show. Again, Reckoning by Breathing Theory. Amazing track. Extremely, as I said, emotionally charged and some really great stuff that these guys have on their album. So be sure to pick up part one, part two, EPs, Uprise that are out now. And you can visit them at breathingtheory.com for more information. So let's bring Corey back on. And we're waiting for it to check in. Coming. <laughs> hey, how's it going? All right. Okay. No, great, great song. Really, really good stuff. Um, Thank you. Let's talk. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about now. You know, let's just do. You know, maybe some brief information on the background because I really want to catch up to speed to, of course, introduce all of your new members and where you guys are today. Um, so back in 2008, right, you're under a, a name called Burn the Sky. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, just give us a little bit of background on you know, how that band formed and eventually what led to the transition into changing the name. And, you know, again, Corey, with how comfortable you feel sharing some of the challenges or or difficulties you must have encountered when, you know, I was reading about you losing basically the core of the band. It sounds like you were almost left by yourself at one point. Um, And I'm sitting here like, oh, my gosh, like, wow, all the hard work you put in. So, yeah, take us back a little bit to the beginning, and then we'll we'll catch us up to speed to where you are now. Well. I guess if you wanted to to bullet point it, it um, you know, once I once I got the high school thing out of out of the way, um, I ended up teaming up with my old my old guitarist, um, Wesson Waters, and um, we began writing some songs, and we kind of started dabbling in like what what kind of direction and what kind of sound we were gonna go for. Um, eventually, uh, my old bass player, Seth Messer, I pulled him into the mix and, um, he actually began, you know, began being a part of it and as, as far as the writing and stuff as well. Um, but even at that age, um, at that particular time, Weston was, was actually the drummer. Seth was playing okay. bass and I was playing, playing guitar. So we were, we were kind of like a Chevelle back then. Um, nice. Okay. I began even at that age. That's actually when we were. That's actually when we were grounding and fundamentally learning to be, you know, to be in a band. You know, we hadn't figured anything out yet. You know, as far as booking right. shows and you know having a set list and you know all this kind of stuff. Even writing songs was still a new thing for us. Um, that's actually the time and place where I wrote songs like Fireflies. The very beginning of Fireflies was back when I was seventeen. Oh. Um, so progressively we went from being a three piece me playing guitar um with with Wesson on drums and Seth on bass um I moved the band from North Carolina we were in North Carolina for a while we were in North Florida for a while eventually my mom get you know called me and was like you know there's there's really not a whole lot going on where you're at why don't you come down to central Florida and try to try to you know make a life for yourself that's how I ended up down here um, okay. I brought Seth. I brought Seth with me. I brought Weston down with me, and then we actually started playing shows out live down here. Um, eventually, eventually, we decided that we wanted to progress dynamically, so we brought on brought in another drummer, and Weston moved over to guitar. So then we were a four piece. I I moved I moved away from guitar. Weston picked up guitar, and we began playing out as a four piece for for about a year, year and a half. Um, but this was a time, but this was a time in early stages when we were, we, we were still as burn the sky. We were playing, 
some of the songs that we do now, you know, like uh, Beg, uh, songs off the Parasite EP, um, okay. Fireflies, Speak of the Devil, all that kind of stuff. Um, as Burn the Sky, we played out for, you know, a good a good amount of years from, from, from even before, you know, because the Facebook's always politically correct and stuff, but like, Technically speaking, we we were we were a band in motion back in like 2005, 2003. We were still, you know, like those are those are the beginning stages when we were all still trying to figure out what we were gonna do. We didn't we didn't sure, actually start sure. playing. We didn't actually start playing live. I think I think honestly, our first performances were at a a middle school gymnasium gymnasium like it was some some benefit show back when we were like all 17 um then we played uh, a youth group a couple times and we played a, a church a couple times like those were like beginning shows and right. burn the sky came burn the sky came about you know and we started playing local bars and you know local venues and stuff like that at some point, we realized that Burn the Sky, the name wasn't very fitting. We wanted to become an official band and release an official EP. So, um, 2011, we did just that. You know, we we had finally progressed and in, into a five piece, where um, our guitarist now, Rob Mahoney, was brought into the mix. Weston was on drums. Our old old drummer at the time, Eric Dombrowski, was on drums, and then you know again Seth Seth Messer was on bass. We played that way for a couple years. We did like Gorilla Productions Battle of the Bands that way. We even won mm-hmm. the first Battle of the Bands. Um, awesome. But again, uh, again progressing, we we you know just like any band, you know we go through you go through members, you go through you know this change or that change or this guy doesn't work out. Um, we we released the Parasite EP on, uh, under a new a new band name, Breathing Theory. You know, started the Facebook page, and that's when we really, established really ourselves. Quick, really quick, Corey, as you're as you're talking about some of the stuff, how did you guys, you know, come up with this new name and, and tell us a little bit about the meaning behind it? I always am curious to hear about that type of stuff. Um, well, Burn the Sky was a, an idea that I came up with, I guess. Um, you know, every day we live, we're, we're using up resources. We're using our, up our, our, our oxygen. We as a right. whole are using up our vessels. You know, our life is, is running out. Right. You, know, you know, every, every day, every day is kind of like, like a sand in an hourglass. And right. um, Burn the Sky then, was a name. Go ahead. Yeah, just I'd rather you spend more time, like you said, on breathing theory. So yeah, that's that's a cool idea, definitely, that you have for burn the sky. And then you know, like you said, it just for whatever reason wasn't fitting for maybe the direction you were going in or what you guys were looking for sonically. So yeah, tell us a little bit about the transition to breathing theory and and how you came up with that name for it. I just stopped one day and was like, well, what does burn the sky mean? And then what what name could we change it to that that holds the same concept and breathing theory just kind of popped in my head and I was like breathing theory I was like breathing theory basically means the same thing you know it's it's an idea that mm-hmm. you know we 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 only have so much time in life we only get one chance and you know pretty much seize the day seize the opportunity make make life exactly what you want it chase your dreams cool. um so I decided I decided to take the same idea, which was burn the sky, and mm-hmm. and and molded molded into a new name, breathing theory, which was more marketable, more catchy. And with the release of Parasite and pushing Fireflies as the single on that, we 
we were going for that direction, a hard rock, catchy, you know, more marketable band. And thus, you know, Breathing Theory stuck, and that that's what it's been. Yeah, no, it's a great name, great name. Like you said, it's very catchy. And, again, the symbolism behind it and, and the concept of how you developed it is really cool, really, really cool. So, yeah, so, so Parasites is, you know, the – the parasite, the EP is doing pretty well. You know, you know, you're definitely getting some really good attention with um, the single Fireflies. So tell us what started to transition in terms of members, I guess, disbanding and unfortunately you needing to regroup. Um. Well, it. I think it started with right out the gate, 2012. We started touring, and we kind of just, we kind of just jumped into it. You know, what I mean, we all. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, you know, again, it was at the time we we were Weston on guitar, me on vocals, Seth on bass. Um, we actually had just transitioned guitar and drummer, so it was it was T.J. Guthrie on guitar as well, and um, Kevin Rufo was playing drums for us at that time. Well, we kind of just dove into touring, quit our jobs, quit everything about normal life, jumped into touring. And our first tour was rough. I mean, you know, barely making gas money, barely, barely being able to keep up with the band that we were touring with. It was, you know, it was super cold. I remember, I remember I got like, almost got tonsillitis. Um, It was just, it was super rough. And were you, Um, and Corey, were you guys booking everything too at that time? I mean, did you have any management, any backing? We didn't have anything. We, okay, well, technically, technically, we had a manager. Um, it was Keg Management out of New York City um, or New York State. Um, technically, Ke- uh, Keith Meadow uh, was was our manager at the time, but he um, he got us he got us on that tour. And then, like I said, it was it was rough. I mean, Ke- right. you know, Kevin, the drummer, he had some family issues come up where he ended up having to leave the tour, and we had to bring on another another drummer to fill in a guy named Charles Latham. And it was just, it was just rough. And then the year, the right. year, you know, following that we, we spent a bunch of money trying to, trying to buy, uh, trying to pay a booking agent to get us onto another tour and that fell through. And it was just kind of one of those things where like, we didn't really see a whole lot, of, a, a lot happening from the management company. And it was, you know, we were struggling as a band. So we finally did one more tour January and February of 2013 with, with okay. that lineup. Um, with that lineup, we did one more tour. And then I think the only person, uh, Ke- Kegan, the drummer that's in the band now, he, uh, he was the only, only member that changed at, at that time. Um, he basically took over after Charles. And um, we did one more tour. It was about a two-month-long tour. And we came on from that tour, and we kind of just went stagnant. Um, Weston was kind of in a, in a bad place um, you know, with some personal things going on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we didn't really have a whole lot going on. Our, our management company kind of dropped the ball on us. So we were just kind of sitting around. And then one by one, Weston left. Uh, TJ decided he was going to go pursue uh, wrestling or something like that. And then okay. it wasn't long. It wasn't long after that Seth gave me a call and was like, you know, I, I feel like you know we're just kind of sitting still. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go get a, a better job and kind of move on in my own direction. So I oh, think yeah. at that time we all we were kind of already on like a, a level of personal differences. 
Um, so I was, I, you're right. I was left, I was left kind of to, to, to so, pick up the pieces. So here's, here's the, right, here's the million dollar question. I mean, and we could talk off the air because I have my own background in musical experiences and I can, I can relate to some of the stuff you guys went through, not on the level, because you guys are definitely at a different level than I was, but you know, what do you do when you're the only man standing? I mean, do you, and again, it sounds like you never were going to throw in the towel, but you know, just reflect a little bit. Tell us what that time was like, and how did you decide to regroup? And you know, what was kind of the game plan? What were your short-term goals to say, okay, I really need to, you know, bring on different people this time and 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 make this a different situation? Um, to be honest, all I knew was I was not going to give up. You know, I mean, I might have been, I might have been, I might have been down for the count, and you know, they might have been, they might have been thinking they were going to count me out, but I knew that I was going to get back up, and so I did. I did the only thing I knew to do. You know, I hit up um, our our previous bass player, David Marfit, and um, I uh, was like, "Look, man, like, uh, literally one by one, all my guys just quit on me." I was like, but I refuse to quit. We, you know, we are, we are a good band. These are good songs. We have so much potential. I'm not mm-hmm. going to just let it die. And Dave actually, um, Dave became a very valuable member because he, he brought in Colin Morrison, the new, the new guitarist. Um, cool. Me and Colin, me and Colin actually, you know, we started, we started jamming with Dave and we started actually working on new songs and stuff. And then, um, at the time, my my cousin Les Almond was uh, he was gonna fill in on and and start you know working with us on guitar, and it just wasn't it just wasn't enough you know he he kind of had some you know some personal distractions and stuff so I ended up sending a text message to our guitarist uh, also Rob Mahoney and um, I was like look man we're looking for a second guitarist I know you love music I know you want to you, know, you want to get out there and do this. Just throwing mm-hmm. the option at you, man. Like, let me know if if you want to do this and be a part of Breathing Theory. And um, it's funny actually, because at first he was like, "No, man, I got a good job. You know, I'm working at Lowe's, <laughs> making making good money. I can't I can't walk away from that." And um, it was about I want to say about 24 to 48 hours later, I get a text um, just before because we were already trying out a new bass player and getting ready to move transition Dave over to guitar, and um, it was about 24 hours or so later, I get a text message from Rob, and he's like, dude, if you still need a guitarist, I'm 100% down. And I was like, yes. Aww. And nice. like, you know, rem- remembering now that Rob was in the band back when we were Burn the Sky. So it, it was right, it right, was right. almost. trying to keep all these members straight. It's hard. But right, <laughs> I thought you had mentioned him earlier. So, yeah, so that's, well, you know, things, things come around, go around. You know what I mean? So, okay, so go on. So it was um, – it was it was like heartwarming to like bring back one of these guys from like the old school you know uh, BTS right. days. So I was like I was like sweet you know now I got one of my old guys back from the early early before Breathing Theory days, and we started um we start we just we just meshed. I mean all, all four of us lined up and started writing and it just it worked. You know what I mean? Um, now at the time Kegan had to sit out you know for about. I don't know. I would say Kegan, Kegan had to sit out for about a year because um, our manager, Tina King at the time right now, she was going through uh, some personal stuff at home and Kegan just wanted to help her with all of that. So he ended up sitting out for about a year and we brought in uh, Jacob Harris, our uh, previous drummer. 
And Jacob actually did a couple tours with us, and you know he he was there when we started the production days of Uprise and mm-hmm. all of our shows, all of our re all of our revived reamp shows of Breathing Theory. You know Jacob was there um, the first time we were you know basically back in action. So it it was it was awesome to finally be an entity in a band that you know was was moving again and playing shows and you know i kind of i just told the guys i was like look breathing theory before all of you was a touring band and we will remain a touring band so everyone knew right, right from the get-go right. like start start well, preparing for it so i'm sure you can you know comment on this is that yeah, people you know again they have these maybe delusions or they're not really clear on what the expectations are and then they get involved and they're like holy crap like I, I can't do this. So I think, right, being up front and saying, you know, this is a touring band and this is what we do and this is how we're going to make a living, you know, kind of puts things out there right away for people to know what the expectations are. Um, so that's great. I'm glad that everything started to fall into place because it was definitely just, like I said, just like my heart kind of dropped when I was just doing my research and reading about the band and I was like, oh, my gosh, he's kind of by himself. And, you know, just reading about the stuff was just, yeah, definitely, definitely hit a spot. So let's do this. I want to check out Uprise, and then I want to come back, talk a little bit about the, you know, the EP and who produced it, because you guys did an excellent job. I mean, the, the recording sounds great. You know, the production sounds awesome, too. It's really top-notch. But um, so let's you. do this. So tell me a little bit about the title track, which is um, the other single you're currently promoting. And maybe reflect with this one, you know, if you can remember, like, where were you writing? You know, what was what was going on at the time? You know, take a little bit of an interesting, uh, different angle to talk about the song. Um, well, with, with the album as a whole uprise, um, we were targeting again, that, that same, that same kind of general consensus of the reckoning. We were targeting, you know, like we want this album to be a a concept album. We want people to understand that they can rise up. They can not settle. And, um, uprise was just like another, another song to follow in those footsteps. Like, you know, it was almost, it was almost like putting, bringing it, bringing a little bit more aggression to the table. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, you know, basically, you know, like in, in the in the song, I talk about they're in the shadows hiding, and um, you know, like we'll take their crown and stuff like that. It's more or less just like in that same direction of like, okay, you know, like even even in the fight, we are not, you know, we're not going to let them bring us down. We are not going to be defeated, and we're not going to settle for typical society, you know what I mean, you know, go to college, work, work a good job and, you know, and spend, spend your entire life working until you retire and die. I mean, it, it was just following <laughs> in those footsteps. Right. But, um, but Uprise was more or less just, um, I, I would say just another, another token on what the reckoning was, was already opening the album to, you know, as a, as the first mm-hmm. single. And um, I think with Uprise, we just wanted to we just wanted to pack a little bit more punch and be like, you know, this this is our fight. You know, what I mean, you 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 gotta you gotta you gotta if you didn't if you didn't perceive the the uh, punky if you didn't really if you didn't really receive the punky vibe of the reckoning very well, we wanted to give you almost the same taste but a little bit more aggressive in in the Uprise, and that that's what it, I guess how it came out. Cool. Well, you definitely accomplished that. So, uh, yes, let's put Jung Holds again, all right, and we're going to check out the track, and then we'll come back, okay? All right. All right, hold on. All right, everyone, again, Corey Britt from Breathing Theory. We're going to check out Uprise, which is the title track off of their 
two-part EP out now. Again, definitely pick it up and check it out. And you can uh, follow these guys on Facebook, become a fan of them. Go to Breathing Theory. They've got a nice uh, handful of uh, fans uh, following them. So check out Uprise, and we'll be back in a moment. Thank you. 
Carrie, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show. Again, Uprise, the title track of their EP out right now by Breathing Theory. Awesome song by these guys. And again, love those melodic moments of it and as well as the real aggression within screening. Just a really cool combination. So let's bring Corey back on. Uh, hello. Again. All right. Hello. Great, great song. I love it. You know, you remind me, definitely have some elements of Breaking Benjamin in there, some Seven Dots. So I, I hope you take that as a compliment. Really, you're really talented and so is the band. So again, I hope there's nothing definitely. but much success for you guys. Definitely. Thank you. Like Seven Dust and Breaking Benjamin, you know, as as early as I can remember, you know, in my teenage years are definitely a band that was a part of my influence and a part of my, you know, my upbringing as a, a, a rock musician. So I definitely, I definitely think, thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. No, I mean, really, I mean, and, and any challenges you encounter with the, you know, going back and forth from the, you know, the screaming and the growling to the, beautiful melodic singing that you do. I mean, do you ever find any difficulties when you're touring and doing shows night after night with that? Um, I will, (laughs) I will (laughs) say, um, I will say people ask me, how do I do it? You know what I mean? Like there's been, there's been several other, like even, even other bands, you know what I mean? They'll come up to me and like, dude, how do you do the transition from like the screams to the, to the chest screams, the growls, and then singing, and then, so you know, sometimes I push my range a little high and stuff, and they just, I just simply tell them, like, you know, it's it's all, all a matter of technique and practice. Um, mm-hmm. I guarantee I guarantee you, I promise you, when I first tried to start singing The Reckoning, you know, that was the tip top of my range, and I, I promise you, like, it was awful, like screeching glass, you know, it was just, <laughs> right. but... Over over time, persistence. You know, I I, mm-hmm. I refuse. I'm a vocalist. I'm a vocalist that prides myself on being versatile to begin with, and I want to be. I want to be all of the influences that influence me. You know, what I mean, Maddie Mullins from Memphis Mayfire. I want to have. I want to have right. an aggressive, you know, fry scream, and then I I want to be able to hit notes that are, you know, just as just just as epic sounding. And Chris Foles from Flaw and find those, nice. find those melodies and those harmonies. So, um, you know, as far as, as far as I go, I, I've developed a, a comfort in being able to transition and it doesn't really, it doesn't affect me as much, I guess, when I'm, um, when I'm drinking enough water throughout the night, but I have right. found that if I, if I, if I have found that if I do shows back to back and then come off stage and just absolutely talk until I'm blue in the face to fans, it does take a toll, you know. I mean, you do tire right. out your voice, but um, cool. as of right now, like I haven't really, um, I haven't really run into a lot of times where I like just, you know, I, I find myself every other night like completely hoarse. Like it hasn't hasn't right. gotten that bad. Right. But, well, that's like you said, you have your own technique, and I'm sure from all the practice that you've done over these years of the tours, um, you know, you've developed a, you know, your own type of system, so to speak. So let's, because I know, um, you know, we'll wrap up in a little bit, but yeah, tell us a little bit about who uh, produced the album. Where'd you record it? Um, I always like to hear a little bit about that technical background stuff. I'm always interested in that. Well, um, we, uh, when we, when we were changing the name to Breathing Theory, um, Kevin Owens, which is a guy here locally that used to run um, the 321 local, which is, which, which actually became a very popular venue, um, Breathing Theory was literally on every national act, every big show. Breathing Theory was on it, and 
Kevin actually became a, a big fan, you know, of the band. And um, we had mentioned, you know, in, in conversation, like you were getting ready to, we're getting ready to change the name and start recording our first EP. And he knew, he knew Joey Danger, um, AKA Joey, Joey Stoller. Um, and he was like, Hey, I know this guy that does, you know, pretty, pretty cool stuff. You need to talk to him. Well, at the time I had no idea who Joey was, no idea. And I okay. just simply, when we were, um, you know, when I was with the old lineup, um, me and Seth Messer went over and, um, sat down with Joey and listened to some of the stuff that he had done. And, um, Joey actually literally records all his own music. He creates he creates all his own designs. He does all his music videos and stuff. Like he is a one man like musician craft craftsman. Like he it is unbelievable right. the stuff that Joey can do. Um, but yeah, so we we talked to him. We decided you know on a price for the per song and we started with, you know, with the, with the Parasite EP and he just started, he started showing us like his abilities as far as production value and the things that he was able to do and things that he was able to create. And mm -hmm. we kind of bounced some ideas off, you know, like there's, um, there's like a hi-hat stutter in fire in the beginning of Fireflies. That was, you know, one of my ideas. And then, um, things like the, um, like the like the the reverse spin on broken wings and it drops into the pre-chorus like those were ideas that he had and then um you know there were some things like on speak of the devil these are all songs in the parasite ep those are things right. like on speak of the devil where um seth had you know come up with the ideas adding like some some piano notes and so it was, it was kind of collectively you know ideas of, of all of us mm -hmm. but um Joey just works magic, and when when we you know did this re, re you know change of uh, the lineup, and now I've got Colin, you know Rob, Kegan, and Dave. Like we all kind of um, we all kind of just went into it like, all right, well uh, we're gonna we're gonna write these songs, we're gonna get them all down, we're gonna play them play them out as a band, and then see you know see how how we develop you know just just as a, as a five piece band, no electronics yet, no, you know, no extra production. Um, so we did that in our buddy, Adam Sanchez in his studio. And, um, we got all the songs pretty much how we wanted them and then sent all the tracks to Joey, which he, he now lives up in New York city, the right downtown okay. New York city. Like he's, uh, he's, uh, I guess you could say he's a big wig now up there, you know, working for a bunch of high-end companies and blah 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 but um we just we just sent all the tr tracks to him and you know it, it was a completely different aspect from him being here in Merritt Island Florida right, where we were right. able to drive we were able on the Parasite EP it was so much more convenient because we could just drive five minutes down the road to his house and work on things <laughs> right um and it was definitely a challenge recording all of this in our buddy's studio and not having you know Joey there to you know to kind of listen in and help us dial in any type of tones, any type of, you know, work that needed to be done. So we, we pretty much just, you know, did everything ourselves, sent it to Joey and Joey is the one that put like the masterpieces on songs like Uprise. If you, you put, you put your, your ear close to the speaker on Uprise, there's so much going right. on in the background. There's so much, there's so much cool. more than just the, the, the guitar work and the drum work. And that's ultimately what we were looking for. And Joey just, he, I think he just knocked it out of the park with, you know, with those he aspects. He did, yeah. I mean, the, it's great. Yeah, it's real. I mean, again, you guys performed extremely well. The production is solid. I mean, it sounds great. I mean, just 
personally some of my favorites I didn't want to forget to mention were, were Breathless. I think that's just phenomenal, and I think that should be your next single, actually. I think it's that good. Um, Empire yeah, is great. Yeah. I, like, I like Empire a lot, too. Um, Reanimate is awesome. So, yeah, there's a lot off of the second one that really, you know, personally captured my attention. Not that the first one's not great, too, but there was a few songs that right away I was just, like, you know, really pulled into. So, for whatever yeah, I will works. say... Um... <laughs> I will I will say with with Uprise, you know, again again see I'm I'm a I'm a ghostwriter. I don't I don't right now I don't play guitar live anymore, but like I I I come home and I write and I play guitar and the guys will all tell you that you know it's something that I pride myself on. Like I'm I'm able to compose and like put pieces together for songs and mm-hmm. I can hear something like you know, Rob and Colin can be jamming something on guitar and I can walk into the room and be like, dude let's put that here and put that there. Like, the, you know, they'll tell you, like, it's just something, something because I've always been, I guess, around music, like my compo- composing as far as putting the structures together is just something I've, I've always been able to do. And so I come home and I write and a lot of these ideas, you know, the, the fundamental, the skeleton, I was, I was, I was already touring, touring with them, you know, like, just like, just like uh, mm-hmm. the reckoning. And um, I I brought all these songs to the table, and these guys really helped me finesse them, and and you know add so much more to the dyma- dynamics. Like you know, Dear Sparrow was Dear Sparrow was a song that I wrote in Guitar Center, sitting in the acoustic section by myself. Wow. Recorded recorded it on my phone, and literally <laughs> I brought it cool. to the, I brought it to the table, and I was just like, Hey, Colin, you know, Rob, listen to this. Tell me what you guys think. And um, the the things that Colin, you know, was able to finesse and, and bring out in that song, like, really, really honestly makes Dear Sparrow such a beautiful song to me. Like, I, I listen to that song and I tear up. And yeah, it's, it is great. You know, it's just you, one of those yeah, songs. You've got a, that's definitely a, a great ballad. So, yeah, you've got some cool stuff on this. That's a little, like you said, that's a little stripped down a little bit, a little slower. So, yeah, it's awesome, too. Yeah, so... Yeah, so what else is, uh, you know, any upcoming shows that you want to plug? And, you know, feel free to plug, of course, your Twitter and your social media sites and, of course, the EP that's out now um, so that all the fans can check it out. Um, we are departing again a ninth on another uh, East East you know Coast tour. We'll be going up towards Tennessee, up to Ohio, and, you know, some of the, some of the areas in between and stuff. So definitely – Follow us on the Facebook page. Like the Facebook page. Keep in touch with us. We do have the tw- the Twitter page. Uh, we do have an Instagram page as well as you know we all have personal Instagram pages and stuff like that. But um, just follow us, man. Like there's there's a lot of shows that are coming up. We got some festivals we're on this you know this coming summer and fall. Cool. Um, as of right now, you know one of the biggest shows that we're going to be doing is Ink in the Clean. That's up in Ohio. We're going to be doing. When we return home at the end of May, we're going to be doing Mayfest down, you know, down in our own our own stomping grounds. Um, it's it, there's a there's a lot coming, a lot a lot of pretty pretty big shows and stuff. And I think it's it's finally getting you know to a point where we're working you know with the right people. I think and the direction is starting to move a little you know a little a little faster, a little a little more steam engine wise forward. Um, I'm just glad. I'm glad that people, you know, liked, you know, the, the Uprise album and the, you know, the 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 song, that, you know, the uh, versatility, you know, across across the you know the whole way was just, you know, it all it all all the songs have you know an identity for themselves, and I think I think people mm-hmm. are digging it, and it's it's definitely going over pretty well. 
Um, we're getting ready to enter into pre-production phase with um, Grammy-winning uh, producer Malcolm Springer. Um, he's okay. worked with a lot, a lot of big names, Matchbox 20, uh, Fear Factory. Nice. Um, the uh, it, Literally, the list goes on. And he has come across us and wants to work with us on a new record. So we're going to be working with them, trying to get, you know, get a sound and a direction for where we're going to go with the new album, um, as well as they are going to be potentially shopping us to, to record labels and stuff like that. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of big things, a lot of big things to come. We're just, uh, we're just trying to keep on keeping on, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, Corey, it's been, it's been great having you on and, and hearing your story and, um, yeah, I just I wish you guys much success. But like I said, I really enjoy Uprise, and I look forward to hearing what's going to be in store in the future. And you're always welcome to come back on the show, and I'd love to promote your music again. So, you know, definitely keep in touch. But, um, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah thank thanks you. For, yeah, I mean, thanks for an awesome interview. And, uh, I mean, much success to you and everyone in the band. Well, thank you. I will, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure some of them are tuning in and listening to uh, our conversation. And, uh, I'm 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 just glad that you had me up here. I hope hope some fans, you know, get, got to hear some stuff that they didn't really know about. I hope we gained some new fans from it. Just everyone, you know, check us out on Facebook, follow the Facebook, breathingtheory.com, you know, all the other social media sites. Stay in touch with us, you know. All, uh, our our dates are always being posted. Our albums are available on iTunes and Amazon and stuff like that. So just just keep a lookout for us. We are we are literally picking up speed and we're coming, you know, coming to your city soon. So keep watching. Cool. Well, yeah, I'll definitely have to be in touch with you on Facebook. I'll tell you what town I'm located in, what state, and hopefully you'll be uh, coming through where I live too one day so I could actually see you guys live. Definitely. All right. So, yeah, thank you so much again for, for calling in tonight and awesome interview. And, again, there will be a podcast available once we end. So if you want to keep promoting that, people can download it on iTunes or on my site um, if anyone couldn't tune in or they tuned in late. So that will be available too. All righty. Okay, so thank you so much again. Much success, and I'll, I'll be looking forward to see what's in store for you guys in the future. You're welcome, and thanks again for having me. Absolutely. Have a great night. You too. Okay, bye. Bye. All right, everyone, again, Corey Britt from Breathing Theory. Really cool story and journey he took us on with his background in music and how they got to where they are today. So, again, if you tuned in late for some reason, be sure to download the podcast when it's over. You can stream it for free. You can get it off of iTunes. Um, and, of course, pick up their album, Uprise EP. I keep calling it an album, but it is. It's a two-part EP, which really does uh, equate, equate to an album. Really some great stuff. And these guys really, you'll hear a lot of, you know, common core bands outlined throughout it. But, again, they really have their own unique sound, too. So definitely check them out. Support them. And, again, as I mentioned, that's what my show is about, just helping these bands Spread the word, get their name out there, and uh, support them. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you have a Facebook page, you can follow the Carrie Edelman Show, please, on Facebook. That's where I have all the upcoming dates for all of my interviews. Also, I have two personal pages. One of them is maxed out, so find the one that's not. I'd love to keep in touch with people that way, too. I'm on Twitter, so if you follow me at Carrie Edelman, I will also follow you back. And, uh, yeah, we have some other upcoming interviews. Throw the Fight, the hard rock band is going to be coming on. In a couple of weeks, I'm just solidifying that date. Um, Decipher, um, Decipher Down, which is another really cool band that has some new al- has a new album out with some new music. They're going to be coming on too. So as I said, just check out the site. 
I've done over 200 interviews, and each interview is really different and unique. So if you see a band or a comedian or a filmmaker you like, just uh, check it out. So thank you so much again for tuning in tonight. Go to breathingtheory.com, check these guys out again, download their music, and definitely go see them at a live show. These guys are definitely uh, heavy tourers, as uh, Corey said. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in, and have a great night.